Greetings, comrades. This is a transmission from the Process Truth Network, sending out a call to arms for warriors of the mind and seekers of the esteemed, the esoteric, and the unknown. If you are receiving this, you have been deemed worthy to join the cause. Access the matrix and navigate to patreon.com slash the Process Truth Network to receive further instruction. And now, broadcasting from an unknown bunker in an uncharted waste, The Process, Episode 6, The Life and Works of J.R.R. Tolkien, Part 2. Um, get back on track. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's all it's all. No, a- absolutely. But uh, it's just if we're if we're framing this as an episode of the the life and times, we definitely need to yeah talk not, about sorry, not the life and times, life life and work. Yeah, uh, yeah, we need to get to those things. But okay. well, all this stuff is is also very useful. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I, I guess I'll I'll try and power through a, a bunch more of these notes here. Um. So okay. Um. The Hobbit comes out in 1937. Uh, over the years. He also, he started working on The Lord of the Rings after that point because people were asking for a, a sequel to The Hobbit, uh, which he was trying to write, like, but he didn't know, you know, does Bilbo go on another adventure? Like, what's happening? Uh, does the dragon come back? Uh, who knows? So it, eventually it, he, he found that the ring was the link and then um, he starts drawing his other, other works, like the, the, what would become the Silmarillion. Um, into it uh, and then The Fellowship of the Ring comes out in 1954 and I think that he had already written them all because he, he had written them all as a single volume right. with six books or something yep. within it um, and he was not looking forward to them being published He, yeah I, I know that he he didn't really like the the attention yeah well he also he also was afraid uh, I don't want. I don't want to totally botch this, but I think he was afraid of the backlash. Like mm. he wasn't. He wasn't that anticipating it was that it was going to be very highly regarded, and he right. just he didn't want it. Right. And it was just like ah. There was. I mean, there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of backlash. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think. Okay. Yeah. This talks a lot about how it was a, a mag- major success, which it was. Right. Um, but there was a lot of people who just said that it was, uh, pointless, meaningless. Uh escapism as like a bad thing, very bad escapism. Um, And he wrote an essay called On Fairy Stories, uh, which I have read once through a long time ago and only recently skimmed through. But there is a specific moment like halfway through the essay or like whatever, where he uh, talks about the escapism thing. And I think that it was in defense, he wrote this after Lord of the Rings, I potentially, I might be totally wrong on that. Right. Um, it seems like it was in defense of, it's called On Fairy Stories, but it seems it could be titled In Defense of Fantasy. Yeah. Right. Um, and he specifically talks about escapism, and I wish I had the, the actual quote here. I should have prepared for that. But uh, something to the effect of when these people are saying that fantasy is escapism, they are wrongly attribute, attributing it to the defecting of the coward uh, instead of the escape of the prisoner. Right. You know? And and he's saying, is it not the duty of the the prisoner to 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 attempt to escape? Or is is he wrong for thinking and talking of things other than than prison bars and guards? Right. You know? Mm. Um and in that sense, he's kind of alluding to the fact that the reality can be like a prison, you know? For sure. And being able to free your mind in, in these ways is has value. Totally. Um, living in those days, and it, uh, I think it would have felt maybe even more like a prison. Potentially. I mean, yeah, it really depends on... I, I mean, I know that there, life was definitely a lot more restrictive and the ways that you could live life exactly um, and, and also just well he was he was a fan of he was a little bit of a status quo guy mm-hmm. as far as um you know popular ideas and the the way the way 
of life, right? Yeah. But um, even on a subconscious level, I kind of feel like that could feel very restricting. I mean, I mm. would feel restricted. Yeah. Well, he, I think he definitely, he was a romantic for sure. Uh, and he definitely longed for similar things that I feel that that came about to me naturally maybe as a result of reading Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. at a young age. Um, just for simpler times and heroism and all of these different things that disappeared in that time. They, they the Heroism and stuff specifically really disappeared around the World, world War I because the whole idea of war and stuff like that changed. Not that he was a warmonger or anything like that. Far from it. But... Um, yeah, I can I can see that. Well, I mean, just yeah, being being a part of a very rigid class based society. Exactly. Um, you know, he he was pretty well off, and he he worked hard as a as a professor and lived his life and did his stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, that could that's. I never considered specifically the time that he was living living in for that thing. I've always read it through my lens because yeah, you know, I live in my time which I feel is suffocating with choice and content. It's almost the opposite end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Option right. paralysis kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I will continue on. Um, so the books all finished being published in 1955 um, and were a massive success um, all over the world. Although I think they took a little bit of time to cross over the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually have a publication from the first <clears throat> Canadian publication of Lord of the Rings. Oh, wow. I have a oh, box cool. set. Yeah. Uh, okay. And it's funny because there was actually a lot of bootleg publications before that. And when they finally did it, um, I, I have this publication and the art on it is this insane psychedelic art that doesn't look like it's from Lord of the Rings no. at all. And apparently he hated it. Is it 70s, 60s? Must have been the 70s, maybe late 60s. Yeah. Maybe. Well, 60s, uh, probably 60s. Yeah. yeah, you think? Maybe. Yeah. 60s, I'm very not aware of the 60s. That's like not, I have, I've not dived into that time period yet. I think a lot of, a lot of things that people uh, associate with the 70s, 70s are actually start 60s in the 60s or, or in the 60s. Yeah. 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 Um, if you consider that like, you know, the late, the late 70s are actually in my mind a lot more Futuristic than mm. than a, than a lot of people kind of well sixties is like what is that like the beginning of like Elvis and 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 the, there's like British 50s. invasion sixties is, is Beatles Beatles and stuff yeah so like rock and roll wait. Has become a thing I'm pretty sure yeah sixties is it's ten years is sixty to seventies yeah I think Beatles is yeah Beatles is sixties yeah 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 um yeah you have the whole British invasion or whatever and and the yeah I think that's when people start using recreational drugs and, oh yeah absolutely and that kind of weird shit yeah so. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I actually can't remember when, when this publication came out. But the art, yeah, uh, yeah. the art is crazy. And then on it, it has this little statement on the back that says, this is the official publication of The Lord of the Rings. Please don't buy any publications oh, of yeah. The Lord of the Rings. And it has this signature on it. Like, obviously not handwritten, but there's like this thing on the back of it, which is really funny. Did you did you read about um, the German, the first German publication? No. And, and how, oh, there, there, I have a note here. Was that uh, the Nazi thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll read it out. Um, Tolkien was disgusted by Hitler and the Nazi party and made no secret of the fact he considered forbidding a German translation of The Hobbit after the German publisher, mm. in accordance with Nazi law, asked him to certify that he was an Aryan. Instead, he wrote a scathing letter asserting, among other things, his regret that he had no Jewish ancestors. <laughs> his <laughs> no. feelings were also evident in a letter he wrote to his son. Uh, and this is quote, I have in this oops, what am I doing here? I have in this war a burning private grudge, which would probably make me a better soldier at forty nine than I was at twenty two, against that ruddy little ignoramus Adolf Hitler, <laughs> <laughs> rooting, perverting, misapplying, and uh, making forever accursed that noble northern spirit, a supreme contribution to Europe, which I have ever loved, and tried to present in its true light. Yeah, that fucking sums up Tolkien Damn. to me. Yeah, he because he. He was very, very, he was full of conviction with, for his values and, and such an intense intellect that he, I've actually read that letter and it's, it's fucking horrifying, yeah. but it's so, so subtle in that he's, he's just able to, he actually wrote two letters 
uh, and he sent them both to his publisher or something like that, and they sent the le- the lesser scathing one to them. Um, but it's just hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, and I think it also. I mean, this is I think this is relevant for today too, um, where everything is so polarizing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it's like he obviously really appreciated Anglo-Saxon mm-hmm. uh, Norse mythology, right. and nowadays it's like almost taboo to a certain extent like people yeah. kind of assume that if you're you're a white supremacist if you're infatuated with vikings for say if yeah. you, if you if you have um yeah if you if you use runes yeah or um, if you wear a mjolnir or something like that exactly yeah. and yeah. and that's like that's i mean that's a sign of the times right now how polarizing it is um yeah. but well, those things have been uh, used by white supremacists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, it, but, but you should just... definitely take them back. Of course. That, that should be the, the goal. The goal should not be to, yeah. okay, those things are now firmly planted in yeah. this. Yeah, the Nazis put perverted it in the box that shit. And then yeah, see you yeah. later. Yeah. Don't, like, you shouldn't continue to give them victory. And that's 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 almost, it. that's really what he's talking about here. Yeah. Back in, uh, back in the 40s. Yeah. And, yeah. and we're still there. Yeah. Apparently a lot of... It's 80 Na- years ago. Yeah, apparently a lot of Nazis actually read The Lord of the Rings and idolized... Yeah. Tolkien. Yeah. Uh, and, that was and, a part and, of this thing that yeah. I cut out. And looked at that, his work as, as like an, a great work, like Aryan artwork of, of like Northern heritage and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Crazy. And meanwhile, he fucking hates them all. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It just goes to show, it's like you, you can frame, you can frame it in that way. So mm-hmm. If you're a white supremacist, you can take that well, and you can be like, and, and you and you can you can frame it and be like, look at this. Yeah. And then the guy itself would be like, uh, yeah, like I'm celebrating or I'm you know respecting the, the mythology, but this does not at all fit. Your worldview does not at all fit with mm-hmm. with mine. And we're both looking at the same thing. Yeah. Well, and look at black metal and Tolkien influence on y- that. Yeah. How yeah, many yeah. black metal names have have Tolkien names? Yeah. Fucking the, one of the first ones, Burzum, is yeah. is darkness in the black speech of Mordor, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and <laughs> look at that, that guy. And, and uh, yeah, what do you think Varg would think about this quote that I just read out? Think about that. I mean, uh, he's Tolkien saying that he wishes that he had Jewish ancestry. Yeah. I mean, Varg would probably be very upset about that or, um, or he would think that he's a fool. <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. He'd probably come up with a reason like why, have you noticed that? Yeah, well, he well, likes he's, to circumvent. He, yeah, he's oh, yeah, already, sure. he's already, uh, this is so off topic, but I watched, I actually watched a video recently of him saying how the Nazi party was totally flawed and stupid. Yeah. Um, but I like. Doesn't mean he's not racist. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. doesn't, that doesn't, or have at least racially charged views in some way. Yeah. I mean, he definitely does toward a particular group of people. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but but yeah yeah no uh, and it's it's funny to to uh, uh, as an extension of that black metal look at also the association with with national socialism um in its evilist capacity mm-hmm. um and then you have those two things converging you have lord of the rings themed bands that <laughs> are all about national socialism and yeah. it's just continued since then yeah uh yeah yeah phenomenon Maybe let's uh, let's let's wrap up his life here, and then we can get into some of these um, cool. notes. Um, I think you're on the bottom of the last page because this is pretty much just all. Yeah. Do you want me to do um, into it? No, I, I I'm just trying to figure out how to bridge where we were to where I'm going. Um. Essentially, yeah, he he was inspired by a lot of mythology. He wrote some books that were really successful. Uh, he had a very good friend in C.S. Lewis who was his greatest critic while he was writing the books with the Inklings and stuff, which we barely talked about. Um, we can get into that. I, yeah. I just want to wrap up his life. And then we yeah, can yeah. Back. Uh, but there's that. And then um, essentially, I, I think just after that point, he, he was retired. He was famous. He retired. Um, he received a lot of letters. And eventually he died. Um, His wife died two years before him. Yeah, he died at the age of, I think, like 83 or 84 or something like that. 81. And he died in the 70s. Uh, yeah, 73. Um, and how, yeah. how did he die? Was it just old age? 
I actually don't know. I mean, not just old age. Nobody dies from just old age. But yeah, yeah. I don't, but <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what, what it was. Um, oh, he's, I mean, he was 81. So. Yeah, yeah. But now he's, yeah, he, he is laying in a grave beside his wife in Oxford somewhere. And on their tombstones, it, it has uh, Baron and Luthien. Or Baron and Luthien, sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, which were, is a romantic story from the Silmarillion. He uh, he retired in 1959, and then it seemed like he he published some poetry after that. Tree and Leaf. Yeah, he he did quite actually. Yeah, he did he did a lot of other stories. Uh, he did uh, Farmer Giles of Ham and a few other things. Uh, there was actually a story that he wrote. Is it Farmer Giles of Ham? It, it might be. There's a story about an Irish guy who basically sails across the sea into the west mm. uh, to to Valinor essentially. Hmm. Um, because I don't know if you guys are familiar, but there's the whole bending of the world. Have you heard of that? No. So it was, are you talking about how it was flat? It was flat. What, yeah. in, in, in when the Lord of the Rings and stuff is taking place. Actually, no, it would be, it would be, I think after Numenor sinks or at some point, right. um, the world is bent. And so if a, it was flat and then it's a, it becomes a sphere. So, uh, to sail to Valinor, you have to take the straight road. Uh, and you sail into the west, and the ships don't sink o- uh, below the horizon. They just disappear. And that, that's a ship that's going to, to Valinor. But if a ship sinks over the horizon, it's just going around the world. Oh, crazy. And so this, this fisherman or something s- sails the straight road. And I think it's supposed to symbolize him dying or something, okay. going to heaven. Allegory. Yeah. <coughs> wow. Um, yeah, but he, he wrote a few other things. He, there, he, I actually have one of his books... Uh, that's a collection of, of poetry um, about Tom Bombadil. Uh, and he, he did some other things as well. I haven't read any of his poetry. No, me neither. It's, it reads exactly like The Lord of the Rings. Have you read, have you read Lord of the Rings? And oh, yeah, Hobbit? for sure. Yeah, yeah. I've only actually made it um, not all the way to the end of uh, Two Towers. Yeah, they're a huge part of my childhood. Yeah. I, yeah, definitely. I've read The Hobbit a few times. Um, I, need to, I need to finish it one of these days. So many things to read. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I for a time when I was a kid, I read The Hobbit on an annual basis because uh, it's such a short book and I'll oh, just be able sure. to rip mm-hmm. through it. And I just I just read way faster when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. I would just, I would finish 600-page novels in a week. Totally. You know? um, but that was all I was doing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, th- this book that I have about uh, Tom Bombadil, it has some really funny passages of him going to the Shire and scaring everyone. <laughs> like they're all terrified of him. And he uh, gets, he ends up staying, I think at like Farmer Maggot's house or something. Oh, and crazy. they dance all night and he eats all their food and drinks all their beer and shit and then like disappears in the morning. Like, I wonder if that was kind of a, a reflection of Tolkien's um, kind of trickster, funnier side. Yeah, that's While actually, he was in school, yeah. he, I think he dressed up as, was it, was it, what was it, a polar bear or something? Yeah, there was something like that, and he was, like, yelling things in Icelandic. Yeah, he went to parties dressed as a polar bear. He chased a neighbor dressed as an axe-wielding Anglo-Saxon warrior. Yeah. And was known to hand shopkeepers his false teeth as payment. Yeah. Yeah, he's a total joker. Yeah. Which, actually, it's it's funny. Um, I As soon as I learned that, uh, whenever I learned it, I, I, as a young person, I felt re- really enabled by that to be a silly guy right. and, and still take myself seriously and, mm-hmm. and not, not let like being a joker or whatever detract from intelligence or art or whatever. It's interesting so, that people need that sometimes to, to yeah. sort of allow themselves say, okay, now I think that's, Oh, I'm allowed to be, I'm allowed to joke around. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And again, to, to bring this up to modern times, I think you see that a lot with like the political spectrum and all that stuff. It's mm-hmm. like, I can only be this way all the time Yeah, uh, right. because I idolize these thinkers that think this way. Mm-hmm. Right, um, yeah, and I, I think that that for me is like the whole the whole picture of life is mm-hmm. being able to be somebody who can joke around and be silly and also take yourself very seriously. Yeah, and and Tolkien like he he encapsulates all God, that. I, I feel like he just lived a great full life, you know. Yeah, and he obviously I don't know him, and and um, but he. I, I almost don't want to know him mm-hmm. because 
that's the 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 thing that I always say you don't want to meet your yeah. your heroes. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have I have quite uh, I mean almost uh, guaranteed a romanticized view of him um, that I have used over the years to build up a set of values for myself. He has, and I, I, there's a few other people that that have had a similar effect on me, but specifically Tolkien was kind of the first role model I ever had. Yeah, for you sure. Know? Um, even <laughs> over my like father or or anything else, because it just it was larger than life, and he had done these great things. And um, of course, it wasn't until I really started looking into it that I saw what his values really seemed to be, and when I started to understand the world more and what war is and all these different things, that it began to put his achievements and his values in context with the horrors of World War One and and the, yeah that that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's just, he, he was this extremely vibrant, old, jokey, extremely intelligent guy that talks over fast and no one can really understand what he's saying. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, and, and apparently he was just so kind and uh, yeah, just like a genuine person. And it feels like that is such a rarity now that I, that I have raised it to this like mythical status, you know, that I aspire to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. I I'd like to get into to a few more of these just just kind of like fun facts mm-hmm. about Tolkien. Like for example, um, when he's living in South Africa as a kid, he was bitten by a baboon spider. Oh yeah. Which I imagine I, I don't know anything about the baboon spider, but an African spider sounds like bad news. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I wonder if that has anything to do. Obviously, a lot of people think that that probably has a lot to do with um, Shelob. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. Well, he had he had a few. Or at least a couple big spiders. He also had uh, what's her name? There was a giant spider that ser- that uh, serves with Morgoth, Is it and they Angoliant? Angoliant. The Angoliant. 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 Yeah. Yeah yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and I think they, uh, or she, she, I man, it's been so long since I read the Silmarillion. They have something to do with with destroying the the great lamps in Valinor or whatever right, that right. are like lighting the world. Oh. Yeah. I haven't read the Silmarillion. Yeah, I'd like to. Uh, his his aunt Jane's farm was called Bag End. Oh no way! Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, it was. Uh, he used to travel with his sibling. His one sibling, right, brother? Yeah, uh, and his mother around England, and they I guess went and visited his aunt's place, and uh, yeah, Bag End. The name. I just think that's so. Everything seems to have been drawn from somewhere. You know. Oh, of course. Uh, and and uh, I think that... It, have either of you guys read any uh, sagas, like Icelandic sagas? A little bit. I've read some in Um So much of that is... It's almost just ripped straight out, you right. know? Uh, I actually, at one point, going back to the world-building thing, was feeling that pressure to be original with my setting. Um, and I had this realization as I was going into the the source material for the Lord of the Rings um, that holy shit he was you know he was taking stuff too you know Um, he didn't just come up with all this shit yeah and he did come up with a lot and he put it into a context that had never been seen before Um, yeah it doesn't come out it doesn't come across as derivative though no no but but it, it it was like oh shit Everything, this is a common thing. It's like, there's yeah. nothing new under the sun. Everything is... It's okay. ...is taken from things. And I was like, oh, I can do that now. There's so many of these realizations now that, that I'm talking about it in my life yeah. that come directly from yeah. me looking into to Tolkien and his work and he stuff. He did it, so it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's honestly just kind of how role models work for for young people growing up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Growing up, definitely. For sure. Um, uh, yeah. And and now, obviously, I've, I've developed my, my own way for doing things and where I where I'm drawing my influences from, but just realizing that, oh shit, that's, that's how, that's how it works. That's how art works. Yeah. That's how music works. Totally. But I think it's mixing it with his own experience. Of course. Like for example, he was very influenced by, um, uh, the Swiss Alps in Switzerland. Right. For, yeah. uh, the Misty Mountains. Misty Mountains. Yeah. 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 That was, that was a huge influence on him. Um, yeah. But that's kind of the key to like any artist taking your own personal influence and then also influences from, where you've been influenced from like all these different points and creating something new. Mm -hmm. The problem lies with like so much 
modern stuff that is just ripped, it's like you can source it back to like one influence where mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. with oh, I just wanted to make this thing, but <clears throat> yeah, I think that's going back to what you were talking about, like the world building guys on Reddit and stuff. That's why they have such a hate for that side of things is because yeah, they has just been butchered, and they're also like so terrified of you know their own art being criticized derivative. that way and being derivative and there's so same thing with music though like Warship, when you're yeah exactly same thing with music there's so much music that's created that's like even when it is super original it still doesn't hold up because it's like they tried too hard to go this route there's obviously yeah. a sect of people that really enjoy that but then when you go down to like Corey, like is this like really good music or is this just interesting? Just, original, yeah. just interesting. There's like a really big difference there. And I think that's the same thing with like writing or same thing of, you know, with art, any any form of art it is, right? But like, Absolutely. yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel like Tolkien had like influences drawn from like war times from nature, like, like you were saying with like the Swiss Alps and stuff. Nature's so prominent in like all of the Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, and everything, right? Mm-hmm. You can see he pulled so many elements from, like, tragedy, romance, all these sort of elements. Like you said, he had such, like, a full life, so many different elements. I feel like that really is something that made his story, like, his story writing so... Uh, tactile, I think. Totally, yeah, exactly, right? There isn't, like, one specific thing you could be like, oh, he pulled this from... It's like, of course, everyone pulls something from... Mm-hmm. T- to do something 100% original is impossible right and then the naming conventions as well oh yeah the way that he it, it you know you you could write a uh like if i were to write a fantasy novel right now and i was you know instead of calling a sunflower a sunflower it was called a a bobble flower or something like that yeah it, it, you can do that but the way that he did it with language it was because of his understanding of languages and i actually have a whole list here i mean he made, um, yeah that i that i kind of want to read out at one point uh it it made it so convincing mm-hmm. that it was like, oh, that's what that's called. Oh, I can picture it. It's mm-hmm. there, and it's a real thing, uh, rather than than sort of just like, well, I made up a couple flowers that are yeah. in the periphery. You know? Right. Oh no. Go ahead. Th- there's one specific one um, that I actually have a tattoo of, but there's Athalas mm-hmm. or Kingsfoil, uh, and I once again don't know the actual plant, but there is supposedly this particular plant, which my sister who tattooed this on me. Um, we should grab a, t- a picture of that, two p- tat pictures in a row. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we, I did some research and we looked at the plant that, that he is supposedly rumored to have looked at for Athalas, mm-hmm. which is an old herb that was said to have healing properties in the Middle Ages and stuff like that. And it has these little uh, like white flowers on it. Uh, and it's just a little herb. Um, and it's just things like that, you know, where he... Uh, he would just look to the the countryside around him, and he would he had these he had these two languages essentially the Quenya and Sindarin, um, and those were the basis for for Elvish and Numenorean language, and those are everywhere. All the old stuff in the world is using these naming conventions, and then you have for um, Rohan, you have he just straight Anglo-Saxon. Um, all the words mean something in like old Saxon languages, uh, uh, like all the names and, and everything um, have, have stuff to do with horses and, and whatever. Uh, and there's there's lots of Gothic uh, naming conventions in there, and, as well as with hobbits. Hobbits have it's it's very English, um, just herbal names and uh, so on, uh, and also very Gothic with like. Uh, the brandy bucks and so, or or whatever right. brandy hall and stuff. There there's there's these. I'm trying to think of examples right now. Um, they're not coming to me. <laughs> it happens. Uh, yeah, v- very very gothic names that that I know yeah. of that are not in yeah. my head at the moment. Well, you're, you're naming off a couple of the of the languages that he learned. Um, I have a list here. It says uh, Danish, Dutch. French, German, Gothic, Greek, Italian, Latin, Lombardic, Middle and Old English, Old Norse, Norwegian, Russian, Serbian, Spanish, Swedish, Welsh, and Medieval Welsh. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty impressive. And uh, I kind of wanted to dive a little bit more into what exactly the article I was reading meant by learned. Mm -hmm. Like, was he fluent in all these languages? He could speak them? Mm -hmm. Or which of those could he... he, Are you asking me if I know? Do you know? Yeah. Uh, As far as I know, yeah, he could speak all of them. That's crazy. Um, and that that was a 
part of his love for language was the the aural aspect. And uh, I, I believe that is Icelandic, uh, maybe Welsh, um, but m- a lot of Icelandic went into uh, his Elvish languages. And he, he almost built them to sound beautiful before anything else. Mm-hmm. And that was his favorite thing about languages. He just... Uh, and, and it comes out in the black speech of Mordor as well. It's it's so guttural and ugly sounding. And yeah. he knew what those sounds were, and he knew why they sounded that way. Bursum. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and it, yeah, it's really interesting. But the only way to have that is to have the context of all these different languages. And obviously most of them are like Northern European uh, languages that, that are all, all kind of come from similar uh, root languages uh, mm-hmm. where you have like the Germanic and the Anglo-Saxon right. kind of roots. Um, and then, I don't know. I don't know about Greek. What would you call that? Hellenic? <laughs> I oh, man, I, dude, I do not know. <laughs> yeah. But, but I think it, it, like to kind of sum it up, I think it goes without saying that his command of languages is the reason why Lord of the Rings is so beautifully written and, mm-hmm. and, and stands up so much to this day. Because totally. it doesn't, it's not difficult to read. Mm. Um, and, uh, you Silmarillion, know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Silmarillion. That's pretty tough. Yeah, well, I wouldn't know. I haven't tried. Um, but no, yeah, it is, it's like a massive poem. Yeah. 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 And that, that's, I kind of, I think that's kind of what polarizes people on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of the major things that stands out about him versus like, so many different writers is mm-hmm. like the amount of language based things are in there like poems, songs, all this stuff yeah. where you just yeah. people hate that shit. People people do hate that stuff, but I also think it's one of the things that makes it Yeah. I craziest. love it. Yeah. But have, but have you guys read any of C.S. Lewis? I, I never did in school. I have, yeah. Um and how does it compare? Um it's definitely not as complex linguistically. No. Um it's kind of funny actually. It's it's feels where Lord of the Rings feels ancient. Um, uh, the the works by C.S. Lewis feel very contemporary of the time. Yeah, uh, and and that of course is because they do take place in that time essentially. Yeah, um, which is kind of interesting because I remember as a kid, um, having no idea when Lord of the Rings were written. Yeah, and for for most of, into my teens and all that, it wasn't. Yeah, until, you thought it was like a modern thing. Well, I no, like I I didn't. I actually thought it was almost. I don't know, like it. It just it just wasn't even it was just it was yeah. just of itself you yeah. know what I mean right. yeah and well and we grew up in the age of like the films kind of brought them back it was like the 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 third wave of the Lord of the Rings kind of yeah yeah in in yeah the world but uh, I just want to go back to Lewis for a minute because they were yeah. friends I have a few things here that I want to wrap up on yeah. before we before we wrap up completely yeah um, and one of those things is is his relationship with C S Lewis mm-hmm. um, and they were they were, he's been described as his best friend mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but they also had a strained relationship at times and they had a falling out of, at, at the end. Yeah. Much. Yeah. Right. And that it was because of, it had a lot to do with Lewis's, um, lifestyle as, as I understand it. He, he started a relationship up with a divorcee, a divorced mm. woman or something like that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Uh, he, uh, he even, I, I think he went as far as to say that his personal life was scandalous. Tolkien said, oh that man, I, I've never read that. Yeah. That, that's, uh, I, I don't know. I can't. I think it's interesting because to, it was Tolkien that converted him, wasn't it, to Catholicism? Back to. Back to? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. He, he left. Really? Lewis left the church, and then Tolkien brought him back. Okay. Um, yeah, so, I, yeah, I guess they had a falling out. I think it was when Tolkien was, like, 40 or something like that. Could have been. Yeah. Um, and so he spent the rest of his life i think barely talking or whatever maybe they patched things up but i know that there's there is a quote when c.s lewis died that even though they hadn't really been talking anymore um tolkien said something like i've got it right here yeah said so far as i have felt like an old tree that is losing all its leaves one by one and he's talking about his friends friends. a lot of them who died uh this feels lewis's death like an axe blow near the roots yeah so oh, it, because it makes he, me he, want to cry, man. Like he, he uh, as as I understand, he had he had a lot of friends around the age of twenty one. Went mm-hmm. to war twenty two and lost most of them. Mm-hmm. And and that was kind of a thing. He had a lot of friends early on in his life, and then as as he went on, as he said in the quote, 
he started to lose them, but Lewis mm-hmm. was among uh, yeah. most. Apparently, uh, Edith was jealous of the relationship. Yeah, initially. Yeah, um, yeah, man. That that just, especially considering the fact that they, I think at that time they were barely talking, and then he dies, and he just, and it, you know, yeah, just, oh, man. Yeah, it's it's intense. Yeah. It's very, very visceral life stuff. Mm-hmm. For sure. Absolutely. Which just, yeah. And, and, you know, this is after The Lord of the Rings comes out. But that that is kind of the essence of him. And it just continues on. And it's just fully... I think it's like with The Lord of the Rings, you know, it's he wrote it over his whole life, essentially. Like, not his whole life, but it's over a long, long fucking time, mm-hmm. you know? It was a life work. And because of that, it's just, he is infused, his essence is infused into it in ways that you don't find in, in essentially any modern work, like, uh, of, the, of the same uh, type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, even, even you look at uh, Steven Erickson and Malazan and stuff, which is incredible. Um, and as complex in, in, in a lot of ways. Um, but it does not have the same emotional resonance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just doesn't. And I just, th- there, there is that sort of just ancient and human aspect where the, the Lord of the Rings just it feels so real. It, he, yeah. he actually succeeded in his goal, which was to create a mythology that he felt was missing for England. I feel like he, like, a lot of reading Lord of the Rings, it felt like he wasn't necessarily, like, I think comparing it to, like, things like Game of Thrones and comparing it to other things, it felt like he wasn't even writing it for an audience. It felt yeah. like he was just writing it for himself or for... Recounting something. Yeah, ju- yeah exactly, for, right? Yeah. Which I think is one of the things that makes it so attractive or whatever. Yeah. It's just that it it isn't so, like, intentionally it grabby. It isn't like, oh, wait till this part when this crazy mm-hmm. thing happens. It's just, like, you just... Here's it what happens. it is. Yeah, yeah. exactly. This no, is no shock is. value. Yeah. Uh, that's a huge part. That's a huge <clears throat> thing. He didn't like that shit. And the, that, that just turns me off now. Yeah. But I mean, like, that's that's the thing where, like... Erickson does a lot better. It could be a lot of, yeah. like, the reasons that people might say that they don't like Lord of the Rings is all the story... All the, all the filler, exact, like, wait, we're yeah. exactly filler. talking about. Filler. Filler, yeah, yeah, exactly. But, like, that's one of the things that I think is makes it so cool and so expansive and so, mm. like, you know... Even the things that seem are seemingly insignificant to the story, it makes you wonder why they're there, and it makes it more polarizing. Why you want to like read, it. you want to look into that more. It's what mm-hmm. makes like, and you can look into it, totally. which is the crazy thing. Yeah, you know, you can, you can. There, there are university courses mm-hmm. on the Lord of the Rings. You can be a Tolkien scholar. That is a thing, you know, because it sounds right up your alley. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should just go. <laughs> yeah, um, see ya. But yeah, that it, that that is the thing is he that comes back to it. He wasn't an author, right? You know that wasn't his profession. He was a professor, and yeah. he 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 disdained the the <clears throat> attention. Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah, there's no shock value. There's no he he didn't he disdained shock value as well. He yeah. disdained things that were dark for being dark for the sake of being dark and and yeah. all these things. He. He just made a thing, and it is what it is, and he set out to create a mythology, and he succeeded, yeah. and it just exists as a work, and yeah, it like someone else took it and marketed it and yeah. made it made it. Into but that's a thing. one of the things I found really interesting about like the films versus the book was just how they split it up because it's split up obviously in different ways than like you know. Mm-hmm. You know, when the fellowship ends and when like Two Towers ends, it's split up in a different way. But it was really cool for me to watching the movies because I just finished the books probably by the time the movie, like the fellowship came out. Mm-hmm. But just seeing how things were split up and how someone could take his whole expansive thing and then make it into this, like, I think that also kind of made it like a made the story more compelling to me is that like you could also transform it into this kind of like mm. cinematic thing that. I personally really like the movies. I love the films. Yeah, yeah. I, thought the, I See, thought the films come, came across great. And yeah. anything that, you know, that they cut, it was stuff that I understood, but they also yeah. kept a lot of, like, the, mm-hmm. you know, the feeling that I had when I was reading the books and the films, right? But yeah. I thought that was one of the really interesting things was that you could take something that was seemingly, like, not written for somebody else and present it in a yeah. way that was, like, totally feels like it was. You know? mm-hmm. he, I, I, yeah, with those initial 
the the, the Lord of the Rings films. <laughs> I haven't seen the Hobbit films. Um, I saw some of them, and we we could get into that, yeah. but yeah. I, I don't know if we want to. No, really. no, but no, it's, we'll leave that negativity. Out the, here. the Lord of the Rings films, um, they really pulled it off. <clears throat> like I, I think yeah. it's. You know, and they like, still hold up. It's like, in the exactly. That's what even, I was gonna yeah. say. Even like even the CGI and stuff, it still feels better to me than most of the yeah. stuff that's there's out some, right now. There's some goofy stuff. There oh, is, for sure. But yeah. mostly with stuff. legless. Yeah, but I watched. Oh, yeah. I watched. Oh, yeah. uh, I watched fucking uh, the Matrix last night, and there is still oh, yeah. still really still really good. Mm-hmm. But man, there are some stuff in that yeah. that just like you're like, oh man, it just it just doesn't hold up. Yeah. And, <laughs> and yeah, uh, yeah. Lord of the Rings, maybe because it's more fantastical. Yeah. What's you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I actually, I didn't read the books before I saw the films. Oh, okay. Uh, I, re- I actually remember the specific moment that I saw the f- trailer for The Fellowship. Yeah. Uh, my We had a van that had a TV in it with a VHS player that, like, folded down from the back. I don't know if you remember those. Yep. Um, it had, like, the automatic door that, like, my mom could, like, press the door button that would, like, pff, like open the door. It was crazy. Um, but I must have been, I don't know, I was born in 92, so right. when did the movies come out? 99? Nine. So yeah, I was, what, eight or something? Sitting in the back of, of the van, and we were pulling out of my driveway in Abbotsford, you know? Um, and I was going to watch a movie on the thing, and this trailer comes on, and I'm like watching it, and I'm kind of like, oh, this looks scary. You know, because I remember that. Do you remember that Fellowship trailer oh, yeah, where yeah. it's like Aragorn, and he's like, mm-hmm. uh, what does he say? He, uh are you afraid? Or something yeah. like that. Like, you just see the quick blast of like the cave turtle's face. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Watcher in the water, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, it's interesting um, because the first time I watched The Fellowship, I remember this recently because I thought I'd seen them all in uh, theaters, but it was I mm-hmm. only saw uh, the last two. But uh, the first time I saw Fellowship was in my dad's van. He didn't have <laughs> one of the fold-down ones, but we had like a portable TV. Mm. And we were, I think we were like going to Calgary or something like that. We did kind of like these road trips. Yeah. And uh, bought the the Fellowship VHS, mm. popped it in there. And that's where I yeah. watched it. it was like going through the Rocky Mountains yeah. Crazy. in the back yeah. of a van. It's, yeah. it's funny. When this trailer came on after it finished, I didn't say anything. But my mom was driving and she was like, what was that? And I was like, uh, the title comes up. I'm like, The Lord of the Rings? I have no yeah. idea what it is. And she was like, whoa. Mm. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, she was so excited for it. And she is the one that took me to it. Oh yeah. When when we I went to now I'm remembering I went to see it in theaters. We went to Red Robins, <laughs> and afterwards, what my mom said to me when we were going to the theater was, "I thought we were just going home, so it was a total surprise." Uh, and we're getting in the van or whatever, and then we start pulling out of the parking lot. Do you you know Abbotsford, right? You know where that Red Robins is on, yeah, on like yeah 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 near near Seven Oaks and shit. Yeah. Um, pulling out of that driveway or the parking lot and. Uh, She's like, we're going to see a movie, and it is suspense. It is. Um, this is seriously. This is like what she said. Yeah. Um. Maybe not verbatim, but something like this. Um. And it is. It's. It might be a little scary, but it's a man's depiction of the battle between good and evil. Is what she told me. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. That's very poetic. Yeah. Uh. And I went and saw it, and it changed your life. Changed forever. my yeah. fucking life. Yeah. yeah. See, like. Uh, and right after that, I, I I think maybe I had no, I don't think I had read The Hobbit yet. Uh, yeah, I hadn't I hadn't read I hadn't encountered it at all yet. Until I that didn't enjoy reading as a child at all, and it was actually like I think it might have even been my parents being concerned about me. My, my dad was just like, my dad did Star Trek with my brother, so oh, my yeah. brother was a huge Star Trek fan. And then my dad was just like, hey, how about we read these books? And I was like, ah, so I read them all with my dad. That's how yeah. I got, I wasn't like six years old okay, reading okay, Lord okay. of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. That makes a bit more sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I like read them all with my dad. And I like had just finished, I think, The Return of the King when like probably like a month later, the trailer for The Fellowship came on. We like sped read the book too, just because we were like, we're like, we want to be well, done by the time right. this like even starts. And yeah, I think I saw each of them in theaters like probably three times each yeah. and just like, yeah, for sure changed like my whole childhood, definitely. And it's such like, that's the thing too, like you're saying, you saw it with your mom. It has such like a, maybe it's just because of the age we're at, but I don't know, everything to do with Lord of the Rings has such a connection to my dad too, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, it just, is a- the story, everything, right? Is It's yeah. crazy because like even when I was reading it, I was getting super into it, but my dad was like... You know, obviously he was feeding into it as well because I was so into it. But I was like, 
I can, tell my, dad, I can tell my dad's really into, like, this, yeah. like it's, just as into this as I yeah, am. It's a multi-generational phenomenon. It's, yeah. It is now <clears throat> it, classic literature. Yeah. You know, it is, it is like as time goes on, it will only increase mm-hmm. in like in fame and notoriety, I it, feel. Yeah, it's just got such like a, and it holds up so well. I remember like got my wisdom teeth out. I was like, all right, what I'm going to do is like, I'm going to watch all the extended editions. <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just like whenever Appendices. I'm like. I do that like once a year. Yeah, whenever yeah. I'm like. I'm like, oh, I have to take some downtime because I'm sick or something. I'm like, well, now it's time to watch Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dial yeah. it up. It's interesting that, that I mean, we should probably wrap this up soon yeah, here. Sure. But, uh, uh, yeah, because I because I was a kid when the films came out, I don't have this kind of disdain for them that, that some people that read the books right. way back in the day and then saw the films were like, oh, that's so totally. inaccurate, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I look at them as totally separate entity. And I feel, I do feel like the books... Are superior in that they are just fat, way, way larger, and then just all the details in there. And that's yeah. that is the original form. That's that is the superior form. But the films are incredible. But yeah. yeah, but I also understand the purpose of film and book. You know yeah, what I mean? So totally it's just different. like totally different. You have to present something, something that you could describe in like a chapter in a book it has to play out in you know like thirty minutes on the screen. You yeah, know what or I mean? less. Or yeah, yeah. Or like ten seconds. Yeah, or yeah. ten seconds. Yeah, 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 for sure. In like a quick travel shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, for sure. But yeah. since we're on the topic of the films, I just wanted to throw this fun little fact in here. Yeah. Uh, in 1969, the Beatles were in talks to star mm. an adaption of The Lord of the Rings with Stanley Kubrick directing, which that could have been interesting. Uh, John, Paul, George, and Ringo oh would have played Gollum, Frodo, Gandalf, and Sam. Holy <laughs> shit. Respectively. So, like, in that order. Yeah. Um, but Tolkien turned them down. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah. That would have been... Could you Not imagine only if did that he was hate part the of, Beatles, but, like... Could yeah. you imagine if that was part of our of our uh, our history? Yeah, of, I feel like I would. Like, I feel like I would hate that, but I do really want to. I would. Like, I would I wanted, watch it. I would yeah, watch yeah. that. For it's sure. almost like a Dune, the Dune thing. You know what I mean? If they wouldn't have gone and made the Dune film, and it's kind of the same thing as this. Like like David Lynch made the Dune film, mm-hmm. um, who was kind of like a Stanley Cooper. You know what I mean? Like a, yeah, yeah. a a famous kind of a guy with his own style, right? Um, I wonder if they never did that, if there would be some some like amazing adaption of Dune that was made in like the 90s or 2000s or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Uh, they really need to get around to that eventually. Have you guys, have, have you guys read Dune? No. I haven't read Dune, no. That's kind of on my list. Sci-fi is a new a new venture for me. I'm um, I'm I'm oh, a yeah. huge fan of both. Oh, me, me too, right yeah. Now. Sci-fi and fantasy have always been just like yeah. my whole life. Yeah. I'd love to do Philip K. Dick eventually on the show. Um, Lovecraft would be great to do. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, and then a bunch more. Anyways, uh, yeah. Uh, did, did you guys ever? Can, sorry, sorry. Did you guys ever see the uh, the cartoons, the Lord of the Rings cartoon? Oh, films? No, I I remember renting them from the video store and watching them, and I'm being like, what the? Fuck yeah, they're this? really, really, really strange. And it's just like people are like melting. You're like, what yeah. the fuck? That, is this? The, the, I, I think one of them was like moti- mostly rotoscoping. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they both were, but but the artist behind it, I just had to look it up because I couldn't fucking remember. But his name is uh, Ralph Bakshi. And he actually, yeah. like, I love his art, mm. but those films are so fucking, but so fucking weird. Oh, I never, I've sure. never seen them at all. But they, they are totally the time period, though. It's that yeah. weird kind of semi psychedelic. Totally. Uh, it's just very strange. The the fucking rotoscoped ring wraiths, which are just like oh, yeah. dudes, like these black things that are like crawling on the ground. Mm-hmm. What's rotoscope? Is that the? It's like when you uh, you film actors, like re- live action, oh. and then you take that and you animate over it and it has this weird yeah. uncanny valley like smoothness to it they okay. did that but with it, the balrog too and that was like super weird yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and these the ring wraiths are just terrifying yeah uh, but everything else is so strange the hobbits look like frog people it's yeah it's weird i it's, need to watch it yeah it's interesting i'd re- i'd recommend watching it they're not they're not great no but they are interesting, interesting. as well yeah yeah uh, actually, there is sorry. You go, uh, yeah, I just remember being a kid and renting those after like I think it was like in between Lord of the Rings films. I was like, oh, I, I should check these out and mm-hmm. just being like, yeah, this is it's bizarre. As a, like and also being that young, being like, this just like weirds me out. Yeah, and, like having to turn it. Like I don't even think I even finished them as a kid because it was just like too uncomfortable for me. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, the, the one last thing I wanted to hit on uh, was. Uh, in November of t- 2017, it was announced that Amazon had acquired the global television rights right. to Lord of the Rings. Right. Uh, and they're committing a multi-season television series. <coughs> uh, it will not be a direct adaption of the books, but it will instead introduce new stories that are set before the Fellowship. Um, 
Yeah, they... The deal included potential for spin-off series as well. The press release referred to previously unexplored stories based on J.R.R. Tolkien's original writings. So mm. who knows what that means? That's that's well, kind of... It could be... Um, fuck, I really wish that I could remember that like original story. It's like someone comes to G- Gondolin or or some some town. Yeah. Something like that. Maybe Baron and Luthien. Maybe some yeah. Turin Turinbar stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's in conjunction with the Tolkien Estate and the Tolkien Trust, HarperCollins, New Line Television. So kind of everybody that's sort of been involved right. in like New Line Cinema was, yeah. was the films. It's going to be the most expensive TV show ever made. Like it eclipses yeah. Game of Thrones. Acor- uh, yeah. like, and that's that's according to Fuck, a 2018 yeah. report. That, yeah. like, that's not even just speculation. That's That's almost for sure. It's like one season is like the budget of like like four or five. Like it's huge how much budget they have which is like awesome but it's also like that doesn't necessarily translate to it It could be great though I mean if it's great like think about what we have to look forward to yeah Yeah. I'm so skeptical but Mm. I just based on what happened with the Hobbit Mr. Old World over here no just Mm. what what happened with the Hobbit no for sure I was so excited for the Hobbit films yeah but but hopefully they learn from that because they they fucking know they, they know. know that people yeah. were yeah. choked. But, yeah. But, I mean, the, the the tough part of that, this to me, is just the fact that it's, like, um, I don't know. There's, like, gray area involved. And that means, like, even though it's about, like, the writings, it's, like, they're definitely going to, like, fill that out and pump that up with yeah. whatever they want to do, which is, I'm, like, because even with, like, some of the video games that have come out, too, it's just, like, mm. oh, oh, like, Shadow of Mordor and yeah. stuff. You're, like, I... I'm sure the game is fun, but I the just game is fun. I just couldn't play it because of like how much it butchers. Like the game is fun. It is a total butchery. Of, oh, exactly of the right. Story yeah. and stuff, and so it's it's hard to. I can't appreciate it to its fullest extent. It's like okay, this is like a cool orc slaying simulator. Yeah. Um, it's so ridiculous, and and Tolkien would have fucking hated it. Oh, totally. He would have been just like, this is an abomination. Yeah. And you're totally twisting my work. And he, it, he might it, have also hated the uh, the movie. Video games that came back out mm. back oh, in yeah. the day. He really, uh, but he hated. He would have hated the films. Yeah, yeah. But honestly, those those games are some of my greatest memories. <laughs> of <playing laughs> Return, video games. Return I love of the, so much games. fun. Return of the King yeah. is like in my fucking upper tier of game, video yeah. games. They were sure. good, man. Yeah, yeah they, they were, were fully totally good. good. And super yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. And, and and atmospheric and co op yeah. too. Like even I played them co op. I played that with my brother all the time, and then I was like. I'd get my uncle to play it with me and stuff just because you could play the two. Yeah. yeah. Generation so, spanning, man. So good. Yeah. Tolkien bringing everybody together. But yeah. 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 It's just because of like all the gray area that's like involved in this new one where it's like, yeah, I don't want to be like too hard. And I don't know. I, like part of me is just like, oh, I'm just because I've read the books and I'm such a big fan that I'm just going to hate whatever. But I was like, I like the movies. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally. Yeah. No, th- I, there's, there's room for me to like love it, I feel. Yeah. I just am also like in the realm of like, Oh, if they start doing what they did in The Hobbit, you know, yeah. which it's going to be really hard for me to see them. You not might have doing to divorce that. yourself from that a little bit because I think, that, like, yeah. it, the thing about the Hobbit films, I've not seen them, but what I understand about them is that not only do they depart from the source material, is that they're just kind of not good. Also, they're kind of not good. They they grossly expand <clears throat> the story in ways that just shouldn't. It shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, and they just stretched out this tiny story that you can read in like two days into three films. I was I was supportive of, the, of them making it into, because they're like, as they were talking about it, they're like, yeah, it's going to be two. And I was like, that seems all right to me because yeah. like that story is like, even though it's short, every element of that is like so important. It's mm-hmm. like, imagine they did the movie and then they like skipped over, you know, the trolls or something. You'd be like, what the hell? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. But like, Three was a push, and just even, like, the way they staggered it, it's, like, the third one, it's, like, oh, they kill the dragon. Spoiler. They kill the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> they kill the dragon in the very, like, in, like, the first ten minutes of the third film. I was, like, you easily could have, like, connected that into the second. You know, yeah, right. Like, it made that the climax of the And just, yeah, like, yeah. random, just a lot of, besides all the pumping up and everything that they did with it, it was just, like... Yeah, I felt like two was a stretch. I understood a lot of things that they did. Like after the first one, I was like, okay, like I can still kind of stay with you. And then the second one, I was like, no. Yeah, yeah. I liked I liked some of the greater lore stuff they had with yeah fortresses from the Silmarillion and and different things. I was like, oh, this is kind of a cool yeah whatever. But overall, it was like the the cool factor of seeing I don't know I can't even remember what the fortress was, Angband. Oh yeah 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 something. 
I haven't seen them. I'll get around to it eventually. But yeah, it's just I mean, it's this like also comes from this also comes from like Lord of the Rings being like in the works way before it was even shot. So all the costume design, so much real stuff. Like this one was so CGI heavy that it was just That's like its biggest downfall. It's, it's so like glossy, weird to me versus like Lord of the Rings, which is like. You know, we think of like Helm's Deep and stuff. You just see rain falling yeah. on people. You see the dirt and stuff. Or this is just like, even when you're up close to someone, you're like, it looks good, but it's just like too looks weird, weirdly yeah. like, yeah. yeah that's it, a, that's just kind of the thing. The thing. I think maybe people are are going back to that a little bit. But like the practical effects, practical effects with yeah. the not insane resolution. Yeah, you get this kind of. I say this all the time, but like baked in, baked together, kind of film grain. Like the, it's it's a as soon as the HDTVs and stuff started yeah. coming out, and I was watching that, I I felt like I was looking through a window onto a set. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and it was weird. And I and I can go back yeah. and watch old films, yeah. and I'm like, this is a a portal yeah. into a an out. I'm looking at a world now. I'm not looking at people yeah. pretending. But even to like. To, like, Game of Thrones credit, like, a lot of what they do, like, everything that they can pretty much possibly do, even more so than I thought, is, like, practical effects, which mm-hmm. is, like... I feel like Game which, of Thrones does it pretty well, they, as And far they, as and they it do it really well, and yeah. I think that's also something that kind of pulled me into, like, I do like Game of Thrones. It's more grabby than, like, Lord of the Rings. It's a different thing, but it's, like, them doing that, it does make a really significant difference to me, like, mm-hmm. in watching a movie, which is, like, The Hobbit, where they took it, like, straight CGI, and it was, like really hard for me to watch. It just yeah. like almost like hurt me hurt my eyes to watch. Hurt my soul. Well maybe yeah. it's maybe Actually. it's a contrasting between Tolkien's tactile world, as as we've been talking right. about, versus watching something that doesn't feel that way. Yeah. Right. And maybe that's yeah, as, it's as, like a weird as schism. Yeah. 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 That's like the same with the games, man. With like yeah. the new games. Mm-hmm. It's like weird modern games. And then like the modern like we could get into this modern games industry. Other episode is yeah, fucked. Sure. Totally fucked. Yeah. Um and that's kind of Tying into the the new film, the Amazon films and whatever, I'm really worried about like political jockeying and stuff like that oh, contaminating yeah. everything. Which is another episode we want to another episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. But, well, hey, let's yeah. let's fucking let's wrap this thing up. Yeah. Um I I kind of what I want to do with these is sort of talk about not talk about but just sort of, uh, you know, maybe we can come to consensus over whether or not uh, Tolkien is or if underappreciated or. Uh, appreciated just right, <laughs> you know what I mean. And I, I think with the Tesla episode, and I, 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 I the consensus was that he was definitely underrated. Mm. Um, my feelings toward Tolkien is that he's he's just appreciated, just like, right, just right. You know, like yeah. he, it's he's he's well respected. Yeah, he's getting his due. It's and it just keeps yeah. coming. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and and I think the great thing about it is that he, that's not what he was out for at all. No. And mm-hmm. it's almost feels like justice. You yeah, know? honest. Yeah, he was just out there to make something, and he made it, and totally. And people love it. And I think I think people hold his view of how like a view of things like in pretty high regard. Same thing. You hear that all the time if you talk about it. You're like talk about The Hobbit per se. You'd be like, oh, Tolkien would have hated that. Like you hear that mm-hmm. so commonly yeah. that it's just like people are like people, hold yeah. so true to him as a writer and what he would have liked and whatever. I find that super common at least mm-hmm. whenever I yeah. have these kind of conversations yeah. with people. It's like that's a pretty common thing to come off, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and fans seem to understand him. Yeah, I mean, totally. he would probably say otherwise, but <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's the thing. <laughs> oh, again. wow, yeah. that was like a, uh, what's it called? It's like a tail. That's very it's meta. A, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say it's like an Ouroboros. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> but uh, it is what it is, man. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think a big takeaway that everyone can kind of have from that is like, um, a lot of people do things, and I'm totally guilty of this, uh, with a very specific intent to gain recognition. Right. Uh, and I've had my own personal struggles with, why aren't people paying attention to the art that I'm making? You know? Yeah, why yeah. aren't, wh- why, like, it's it's great, I know it's great, why isn't this happening? And I feel like that's a totally poisonous attitude um, that wasn't present in this genius, you know? Right. And it, you don't have to, I mean, obviously the world is different now, but you don't have to be obsessive about fame or about 
or about rec- totally. receiving recognition for your great work or whatever that right. happens to be, whatever you're doing. Um, and yeah, it, I think what what he valued was virtue and honesty and a simple life. And those are things that are very relevant always um, and are kind of swept under the the vortex of fucking crazy fast-paced living of everyone doing a million things totally uh and being bombarded by so much information uh false or true who knows everything being under a microscope as well yeah everything is so highly examined everything is everyone's got three jobs and a side project and a passion project and uh and i have i have that same shit going on sit back (laughs) smoke a pipe Read about hobbits. Yeah. Boom. Done. Sweet. We're all good? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right. Yeah. Hope you guys liked it. Um, we obviously we got into some we got into some adjacent topics, but yeah. I think that's good. Um yeah. I think that's uh I think Tolkien makes you think. Tolkien makes you think. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you if you like the podcast, please wherever you're listening, subscribe. Uh, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Insta. Uh, post some articles on those guys. Uh, if you're interested in stuff that we're interested in, you might find those things interesting as well. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, once again, High on Life Superfoods. Uh, they provide whole food superfood blend, blends, protein powders, snacks, essential fatty acid blends, and much more designed with absorption in mind. These hemp-based formulas keep you firing on all cylinders. Hit them up for good-tasting, power-boosting goodness. And can someone check really quickly, highonlifesuperfoods.com? Is that what it is? If you go to their <laughs> website, uh, you can use the discount code PROCESS10. That's PROCESS10. It's, it's high on li- or highonlifesuperfoods.com. Okay, yeah, good. Okay, okay, I got sweet. it right. Cool. <laughs> uh, and yeah, yeah. And you'll get 10% off of select items. Thank you so much. We're trying the products right now. We love them. Uh, shout out. And uh, shout out to Vintage Rigs. Shout out to Tim. Thank you for coming. You're here every time anyways, but thank you. <laughs> My thank pleasure. You. Thanks for doing it. Uh, get Oh, yeah. And if you want to get the Sear and Worm Witch tapes, they're out now um, when this comes out. Yeah. Uh, so please grab those. Anything else we got? No, I, I think that sums it all up. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. Okay. Take care. Yeah. Live your lives. Farewell. Farewell. <laughs>